This is the Moral Money Podcast. Hi, this is Jeremy Kalin, and I'm the host of the Moral Money Podcast, a collective inquiry into how money binds our lives together and how money can strengthen our spiritual connections. In this episode, I'm joined by one of my closest friends, Wade Vitalis. Wade owns the Drive-In Restaurant, it's really three restaurants across the St. Croix River Valley, including both in Minnesota and Wisconsin. Wade and I talked about the day-to-day and year-to-year realities of running a restaurant, and about doing so in a small community where everyone literally knows your business, and metaphorically too. Raises a lot of considerations about moral commerce, among others. Speaking at his kitchen table at Franconia Landing, just south of Taylor's Falls, Minnesota, we also speak about the St. Croix River itself, the family land on which Wade and his awesome wife Carol have built their home and raised their kids, and about the sudden drowning death of his oldest son, Alex, five years ago. The conversation is at times intense, but I am so grateful to Wade for being present, authentic, and generous with his thoughts and emotions, as well as with his time. After you listen to the episode, I encourage you to hear what happened when we put away the recording equipment. It's kind of a typical thing in here, here in Minnesota. We kept on talking, of course, and I quickly realized that we were on to something big again. So I recorded the discussion with my iPhone. And it's yours to hear as Moral Money's first ever separate bonus episode. A milestone of sorts, I guess. Finally, Please keep on emailing me with your thoughts via moralmoneypodcast.com or at jeremy at moralmoneypodcast.com. Keep sharing the pod with your friends and family and rate us up and review us on iTunes, please. Thanks so much. Thanks as always for listening, and I hope you enjoy the episode. I'm here with my longtime friend Wade Vitalis Hi, at your home. Thanks for uh, letting me uh, swing Come to the valley. Come sure. to the valley. Anytime. And- Come to Franconia Landing and, yeah. and your longtime home. Really appreciate right. you making the time. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, I think uh, we've had dozens of conversations on this topic of moral money. <laughs> yes. And you uh, um, have actually helped shape a lot of my thinking, both by example and explicit discussion about the topic. You're too kind. Well, it's, uh, you've, uh, you're one of my closest friends, and I would hope that, <laughs> that close friendships uh, result in this. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. So, Wade... So, um, Tell me about your life today. Uh, how do you spend your days? Well, um, this time of year, the restaurant's closed. It's kind of nice. And we're transitioning from the kids being out of the house and Carol and I having some more time. So, um, But normally, it's pretty it's pretty busy. Um, I spent the last two years in school. And uh, I'm still pretty involved in stuff going on in the community. And uh, so my I, I can't describe really a typical day, but... Um, I I move around a lot, especially in the summer. So, uh, what does that mean? Move around? Where, uh, no, just you know, build a picture for our listeners. For, sure, uh, sure. What that actually yeah. means? So what do you do? Yeah, yeah. I have restaurants. <laughs> yes, I have three of them. <laughs> <laughs> Someone would have told me when I bought the first one how small the margin was. I I might have thought differently, but uh, it's been great. It's been thirty years, and so I have three restaurants and eighty some employees. Most of them between the ages of sixteen and twenty two. And so I, as a, I'm a teacher, that's what I do, um, or a camp counselor, more appropriately, yes. really, with a whistle and a clipboard, <laughs> pointing, <laughs> dealing with kids and relationships and whatnot, but that's what I do. So business, uh, restaurants are busy, they're intense, they're summer, seasonal, so very busy. 
So that's what running around looks like, going from store to store. Just you know, usually trying to put out some fires, but also just being there when we're really busy. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, it's a busy space; a lot happens. So it's area. the, the drive-in restaurant. It's the drive-in restaurant. Yeah, Taylor's Falls. It's the anchor store. Right. Yeah. In 2010, we opened one up in Grantsburg, and then three years ago, we opened one in Milltown. So. And uh, um, it's a spinning root beer barrel. I think most people uh, associate that with the car giant hops root beer and, mug right? with car hops and pool yeah. skirts. No roller skates. No roller skates. <laughs> but still the still the actual it's drive up thing. at two it different is. places. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You can drive in, sit in your car. You can eat at our patio. And uh, the most newest uh, restaurants, it's more like a traditional uh, Wisconsin milk bar. That's what they call them. Kind of like the original yeah. DQ idea, yeah. ice cream, but food. And uh, it's more of a self-serve, whereas the other two restaurants are full-serve. So, But yeah, carps and blue skirts, frosted mugs of root beer, hand-packed burgers, and local products as much as we can get it. And that's so. uh, the sort of general setup has been really consistent since yes. you've... Since I've known you for 20-something years. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But you've been able to uh, persist and thrive. Yeah. What, why do you think so? Why do you, Even during... Uh, we, uh, I was in the state legislature when you were trying to get the expansion loan. Right. right for the Cranesburg yep, restaurant, yep, yep, I think, yep, right? Yep, and yep, yep, talked yep. about challenge of access to capital. Yeah, and yeah. A lot of people didn't make it through. Yeah, no, no, no. Why did right. you guys make it through? Why, why have you persisted well, in this? Well, you know, you know I, I think there's a couple different things. There uh it, there is something to be said about persevering. There is, and, and I'm Scandinavian, and that's what we do. We walk uphill both ways to school in a snowstorm, freezing cold, mm -hmm. and some reason like it. And, and then won't <laughs> brag about it. That's the no, difference. Right, right, won't right, brag right. about it. You just do it. Yeah. No, right. Um, yeah, 2007 was brutal because we were looking at opening a store in, in Grantsburg, and uh, there just was no one that was lending uh, to restaurants at that point in time. And even though we had equity and and I'd spend money on a on a design plan. It was kind of brutal. Um, actually, became a big fan of, uh, of a credit union. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, they just have a different attitude. Uh, and uh, fortunately, we made it through. And we were we we're kind of in a sweet spot because um, people's habits changed. They decided to travel shorter distances in this home. This whole movement of stay local and buy local and and not go out of state and all those things. Uh, day trips, weekend trips, just kind of fed us perfectly here mm -hmm. in Taylor's Falls. Taylor's Falls is a great day trip from Minneapolis-St. Paul, and more more people are doing that. So I think it's some of it was being in the right place during that period of time. Um, and also there's just, with, rest, with any restaurant that's been around 15, 20 years, there's just inertia, mm -hmm. right? There's generational inertia. There's like, gosh, I was here when I was five <laughs> and, and now I'm you know 30 and I'm here with my kids right. and so there is and people just get to know those kinds of places so we have that in Taylor's Falls and and uh, um, I think every having every winter off is is really gets you out of the weeds restaurant is a real in the weeds yeah. type of a thing if you're if you're too operational and not big picture but um, every winter um, so I wouldn't drive my wife crazy <laughs> to come up with ideas and things and and, and it's helpful. It really has been very, very good um, for us to be able to constantly kind of evolve it. You can't yeah. just stay stuck. That's not really an option. It doesn't work. So so that's what that's what was the ebb and flow. It was really nice having winters off, too, having the, being around the kids. Yes. For those three, four months, that was, you know, you can't buy that at Walmart. They don't sell it. 
It's, yeah. it's a gift exactly. to be able to have that time. It's exactly. all about time. You know that with your kids. I do. In fact, and I you get just, to spend that time, and that's yeah. so awesome. I was literally just thinking awesome. about uh, when I left the legislature, and mm-hmm. uh, folks should know that you were my campaign chair yeah. uh, for yeah. three wonderful and grueling yes. campaigns. And yes. I think you have 7,000 disposable pens somewhere here that I kept on giving you and each other meetings <laughs> you about do. pens. There's a jar over there. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's the only. It's like the very beginning of the day. But you can never find a pen in a restaurant, so they've worked out really well. Bet, Thank you very I'll much. <laughs> um, but I was thinking about when we uh, moved to South Minneapolis and uh, yeah. in 2010. There, I'd been a fire at 50th and and Bryant mm-hmm. uh, in South Minneapolis, right mm-hmm. by the mall shop for those who can locate around the corner from our house. Right. And so we lost the restaurants that would have been close to us. Right. And I thought, well, gosh, when that reopens, wouldn't it be great to? I'm a foodie. Right. I like yeah, right? Right. right. And then I thought, well, wait a second. You just made this commitment to family. Right. And to starting a family and being right. present for family, running a restaurant is not no. a commitment to family. <laughs> it's a commitment to a different kind of baby. It's right? a different kind of family. Yeah. It's not and, your immediate family. Yeah. And Very so true. to be able to take that breath during yeah. the summer or in the winter. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. It's great. And my kids have all been able to work there, which is also been great. Absolutely. And uh, so it, it's it's worked out wonderful. I feel very fortunate about all that. Yeah. yeah. So that's what my days look like. And so you've um, mm-hmm. we'll talk in a little bit maybe about the the role of uh, doing the restaurant as a family and three right. years ago with your mm-hmm. sister and yeah. everything else. But mm-hmm. um, uh, not only is a drive in an institution um, at this point, mm-hmm. you're the Vitalis family is in some ways an institution at this point in. Uh, in the, the in the river valley yeah. the fourth generation yeah, man. actually uh, so but yeah right my let's see one two three yeah i'll be the i'm actually the fifth generation fifth my generation. kids will be the sixth and their kids will be the seventh so yeah i've been here my great great grandfather jonas lindell immigrated in 1855 from sweden to here he turned 17 he uh, joined the union army fought for four years came back to franconia got married and, and had some kids, and uh, be, was elected uh, the first Swedish senator to the state of Minnesota at the age of 27. Crazy. Yeah, crazy, crazy. crazy. Yeah. 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 He was younger than I was. He was younger you were. Not much. Not much. But and you were in the House, but in the Senate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so, but anyways, so our family homestead's here, and I grew up, I had fortunate to grow up in it, and, and this is our roots. And they run deep, and they're um, uh, even th- even though Sweden had converted to to um, uh, L- Lutheran, uh, they by and large were Catholic for so long they just hmm. forgot to tell the farmers to stop having kids. So there was twelve kids yeah. <laughs> in my great great grandfather's family, or lots of kids, and and um, and a lot of economic reasons drove them to to immigrant, and a lot of them landed here. And so there were a lot of vitalises in this yeah. area for a long time. But you you made a deliberate choice. You continue to make a deliberate choice to stay here. Yeah. To yeah. reinvest. Yeah. So you built this house 20-something years ago. 20 years ago. Almost, uh, yeah. Uh, on family land. Years. Yep. Correct. Why? Well, um, you know, there is a connection you have when you know where you come from. It, it's true. Uh, my Swedish ancestors... <clears throat> left Sweden where they had poor farmland. It was all rocks. Um, there are little lakes everywhere. and uh, But the farming was tough because there's lots of rocks. And so they left and they came here to a place that had lots of rocks. <laughs> really bad farming. But, but, it, it, but it, it, it had lots of lakes. And it was home. 
right your your home is where you if you're fortunate enough to know you know where your connection is to the planet it's really cool so um went to st thomas got my degree and uh traveled to um traveled around ended up in hawaii and managing a restaurant and and uh, then met my wife Carol, and uh, we traveled and, and lived in Hawaii and, and worked in restauranting for a while. And when it was time to figure out uh, what we wanted to do, we wanted to, it wasn't really a question whether we'd come back to the valley. Carol loved the valley. She grew up in Illinois, flat mm-hmm. farmland in Champaign-Urbana. Mm-hmm. Not, not even so much as a hill. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, four feet of beautiful black soil, great yes. for growing yes, right. corn. <laughs> like right up to the edge of the boundary of the city is corn, and so coming here to the valley was the valley's pretty magical. There's mm-hmm. something to be. There's a, a extra. I don't know. I'm biased, but there's a connection you have in a valley for whatever reason. I don't know. But so that's how I ended up here. Yeah. Yeah. Not so conscious. Just. I mean, it was kind of unconscious. You're yeah. right. It was kind of just. Uh, uh, you know, I didn't expect that. I thought I'd live in Maui. It's like people said, you moved from Maui? What? Right. right. <laughs> what are you, really? You left yes, there? Yes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I missed the seasons. Uh, being smack dab in the Pacific Ocean instead of smack dab in the north, middle of the North American yes, continent has yeah. a very different feeling. Totally. You're, you're, you're surrounded by water. <clears throat> it's beautiful every day. Um, the, uh, the weather forecast, there is no weatherman. On TV. Right, exactly. It's exactly. Just, it's, yes. just, it's just before the sports, the thing that the main announcer says is, yeah, it's going to be beautiful again tomorrow. Out of sports. Uh-huh. <laughs> True story. It's going to be a little warmer. It's sunny on the wayward yeah. side. Yeah. And some chance showers up in the mountains. But uh, otherwise, a beautiful day in Maui. To Bob in sports. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's what it was. And every day was the same. And it was wonderful for being the age that I was. You didn't know. the. Yeah, it's true. There's There's a... Polynesian thing where you just really don't know what day it is for sure, but mm-hmm. you know that you don't work this Thursday and Friday, and you, you get to go play. So you lived three days off. It was fun, beautiful. But I missed I missed the smell of leaves changing. I missed spring. I missed snow. Missed all that. And uh, the river valley's got all that. Plus, it's beautiful. It's got the river. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about the river mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, you and your uh, late son Alex were uh, two of the people I first met when I uh, were, was visiting we Coffee were, Talk, looking yeah. for a place to basically homestead, yeah. kind of right. caretake uh, and set How up old life. Were you? I was twenty. Well, then I would have still been twenty-one. Yeah, I think it was right? the fall, win- early winter of ninety-six, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and maybe just about to turn twenty-two. Right. Yeah. And uh, Alex was playing with Scrabble letters on the yeah, countertop, yeah, yeah, and yeah, it was yeah, yeah. mid-afternoon yeah. and quiet time. I was just up yeah. there myself, and uh, for our listeners, you hear the lap of uh, your dog Baxter, Baxter. getting water, which is yes. great, um, and the creak of our great chairs. <laughs> right. Um, uh, but um, you know, a few years ago, uh, we, uh, yeah, we were, yeah, uh, the, yep. The, the, so I'll just say explicitly, oh, sure. and um, if you're okay yeah, talking I, about I, it. I drowned in the river yeah, uh, yeah. and um, you know real uh, remarkable experience to be trusted to help be a, a shepherd for the week yeah. through, through that and since yeah. um, no, um, it's it's it that kind of grief takes a, a family a village a larger than just your you and yourself and your wife and uh, yeah um, boy 
uh, how do you even talk about it? Because it's it's been transformational, um, but it was awful. It was brutal, mm-hmm. and uh, and still it's, it never it doesn't go away. When you when you lose a child, <clears throat> a piece of your heart is missing mm-hmm. forever. Can it doesn't ever come back? Having uh, Alex was was such a fun loving wonderful person uh, um, and uh, had all the possibilities in the world um, but and and loved the river it was his place he by far he was a swimmer in high school he, he swam competitively um, uh, went to state a couple times starting when he was in eighth grade mm-hmm. <clears throat> so he was a good swimmer and it was because we lived on the river and mm-hmm. he loved the river he was it was his 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 whole rhythm of life was based on when's the river ready to be tackled. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, um, you know, so in some ways, it's it's um, it's traumatic that it happened, and he was twenty, uh, um, but doing what he loved doing was being on the river, on beautiful, sunny, hot day mm-hmm. um, in July was like perfect for the weather. Sandbar was up, go jump off the cliffs, be with friends, hang out. And so that's what he was doing. Um, and I think the hardest part was they, it took him 18 hours to find him. Mm-hmm. And that was hell, literally. And, uh, but we were supported by a lot of people um, through all of it. And Carol and I, we, st- we stuck together. Uh, it, it, the, <clears throat> the statistics on, on um, married couples when they lose a child isn't very good um, in getting through it. And uh, and uh, Carol's amazing, and, and uh, I think in a lot of ways it made us brought us closer. Um, I, I, I you know the first I mean, just the first couple months was you just didn't want to get up, you just didn't want to move, you just mm-hmm. want painful mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> uh, my mother-in-law gave me a book so it's probably an entree anyways into this because it's such a big part of that whole experience of Alex's death it was uh, by Father Richard Rohr and uh, in the first opening pages of it he talks about how suffering can come become great joy and I, I was like you got to be kidding me there's there's no joy here this is just suffering and it's painful um but um the message inside what he had to say inside that book has changed my life and it definitely helped me deal with with um this type of a trauma as best that someone can i feel and i've been supporting that by carol so um i i'm not mad at the river um the wonderful poem sally london wrote I don't know if you've ever heard it, but hmm. it, it, it would, if if you wanted me to share it with you, it, it, it's it's a powerful, it's powerful. Um, I'd be happy to do that, and uh, uh, because it tells the story really well. Really well. Um, I have a couple of pictures in my head yeah. from that week that, yeah. Um, yeah. that yeah. I think speak to um, both the depth of the experience and the yeah. village that. Uh, is, that you built around you. I mean, I think the thinking about the concept of moral money right. and um, mm-hmm. being a moral community member mm-hmm. and, and um, I mean, one of the things about living in a small community is you can't hide anything. No. 
people know who yeah. you are. Yes. They know oh, your yeah. warts yes. and they know your strengths. They do. Yeah. Um, and oh, ideally, yeah. they forgive your warts because <laughs> we all have them ourselves. But um, uh, two pictures I remember uh, after Alex's body was found mm-hmm. and uh, a whole couple dozen of us, probably four or five dozen, were right. there with the sheriff's trailer right. Um, uh, right at Franconia Landing. Yeah. And, right. Right. Uh, and you and Carol had to do the unthinkable yeah. um, and uh, came up from... Uh, identify from identifying and I have uh, shared many times that Mm -hmm. one of the most Jewish experiences I ever had Mm -hmm. was Carol saying as we stood in the circle you are the uh, body of Christ Mm -hmm. um, and singing Amazing Grace together and uh, it was truly a Jewish experience for me it was religious but also like this is what village is about and I don't care what what we're singing I care that we are doing this together hi Baxter (laughs) Um, yeah. He's climbing up near the mic for uh, listeners right now. Um, uh, and then the other was uh, a couple hours later, mm-hmm. um, we had, you know, your um, home had been overtaken yes. by others yeah. giving comfort. And you yeah. said very clearly to me, yeah. we'd like to just be the four of right. us now. And um, so I sat on the yeah. porch as, you, as the version of Baxter. Know, Jeremy, you're, yeah. you, that was so, that was so helpful. I mean, not only that, you, you got, you kept the, you know, all the all the uh, TV channels were here and want to talk to us, and you were able to keep them away and get us to the house. And there's so many things you did. Oh, there were there were little things, and there were the things that mm-hmm. uh, that I know that you would do for I'm us. Grateful. And uh, it was an honor to be trusted. Right. But what I got to see that I don't know that um, you knew was happening. Mm-hmm. I think you got to experience this love in the right. weeks following and the right. year following. But um, was uh, sitting on the porch, and every time, and people would just drive up. And so I made a point of getting off the chair, meeting them yeah. 50, 60 feet away from the house. Right. Right. So much pasta salad. <laughs> like Believe me, minutes. I know all about the pasta yes. salad. Were, I think we filled, were, I tell people we filled three or four kitchens in the village. <laughs> with not just like refrigerators. No, freezers. Yeah. Freezers. Huge like, freezers. Yes, and yes. everyone. Not in just a fridge freezer, salad. like their <laughs> freezer freezer. And, it, and people I, have those out here, you know, because we hunt and we. Exactly. You know, and yes. So they have these really these big chest deep freezers. chest exactly. freezers yes. full of pasta. <laughs> but it was like just watching yeah. everything yeah. that you guys have built come yeah. back at you in one afternoon. Um, and there are people, you know, I was uh, a couple years out of being a state legislator who had knocked on 37,000 doors and pretty much knew, not everybody, but a lot of people. There were people I had no idea who they were right. that were your neighbors, right, right? who just yes. were coming yeah. here to um, for no. that gesture of some way of support. That was that was the beauty in all of this. My uh, son Peter wrote a story about how, <clears throat> how death is, is so hard, but... Um, um, after that death and suffering, uh, love comes in. And he literally used that word, love comes in. And it came in Bible. I mean, mm-hmm. there were, uh, you were at the, the wake, you know, it was mm-hmm. supposed to be, <laughs> supposed to be from 4 to 7. And right. Started at 2.30 and went till 10, 15 at night. I mean, it was mm-hmm. thousands of people. We felt so supported and so loved. And uh, it was, it was powerful. It was a powerful experience and the thing about uh, tragedy any tragedy in life and it doesn't have to be you're losing a son it, it, we all had tragedies um, and struggles is uh, y- your ego gets broken down just enough uh, so that you can really uh, be humbled uh, and being humbled is an important part of our growth 
as a people. And uh, speaking of you know money, um, we're not humbled very much because we have so much wealth and money. We mm-hmm. we don't we don't have that suffering of uh, deep suffering that that reduces takes away our ego a little bit and reduces us just a little bit so we can be soft. Um, that's probably one of the biggest we're, cons- we're consumer driven and everybody has money and and uh, uh, Carol's sister Susan um, just moved back from 35 almost 40 years in Africa as a doctor a marital missionary doctor in huts and villages all across Africa mm-hmm. and um, she's struggling right now just in seeing just all the wealth and consumerism knowing yeah. how many people in the world have so much less so um, that's <laughs> that's not a judgment statement that's just that's, it is what it is and so and so for me um, it was a very humbling experience and that humbling was good for me um, and it's ended up being something that I can We've got wonderful memories of Alex, and he's not really. I can't just you know. I can't explain this. I've said it a million times. He's not really gone. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we can make God really small, and and I choose to believe that God is huge, and um, and the mystery we don't know at all. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I don't feel like he's very far, um, and I don't know how else to explain that. But um, after he died, the full moon became a you know big. Yeah. A big thing for our family, because uh, he was a really big Kid Cudi fan, and, and Man on the Moon, um, he'd hurt, yeah, there's a whole story behind that. But anyways, um, whenever there's a full moon, it's Alex, and he's here a lot, and he's, mm-hmm. uh, and he's part of our family. Um, so, was no surprise, Gwen's, Gwen's wedding on the 25th yeah. was rain all the way up, including a little bit that morning, then sun. And then it happened to be, we didn't plan it this way, the night of the full moon. And then you were, you were there. Yeah. Full moon came right up in the center, exactly. or center of the river. Like I it just rose guys, right above the river. I just started the, the lunar calendar, like the wedding planning on the lunar calendar. No, we did not magical. at all. No, Peter had to go to McAllister one week and we had yeah. to do something else the other week. It just ended up on that day. And it was magical. And that does, you know, is that accident? Is that, that's, I think this mystery there's not things mm-hmm. that aren't accidents. Mm-hmm. There's mysteries. Not that everything's planned out in our life, but there's just mysteries we don't understand. And we certainly felt Alex's presence mm-hmm. because that stayed the whole night and it was right. beautiful and didn't rain until the next morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it was beautiful. So, so anyways, uh, it was a very, very humbling experience and a very uh, um, difficult period of time in our life. Uh, but, but we're moving on. And... Uh, I think we appreciate one another more. Peter yeah. tells me he loves me all the time, which mm-hmm. is great. <laughs> have, yeah. your, have your your 19, 18, 19 year old son still just say, I love you, Dad. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's worth it all. All three of your kids are remarkable kids. Yeah. And honestly, I'm biased. Well, I, you know, <laughs> I'm biased because we're friends, but I also have this sort of ruthless obj- objectivity, which can be the, the, right. the near death of me. <laughs> um, and certainly, uh, uh, Actually, I had a, um, yeah. an, uh, one of my first girlfriends uh, in my early 20s nicknamed me Brutus. Because <laughs> I was brutally honest. <laughs> I had even less of a filter than a, a, I do too, Brutus. Exactly, right? <laughs> Beware uh, the Ides of March. But uh, they're both, uh, uh, you know, Peter and, and Gwen are remarkable yeah. kids. And, and seeing them through that that experience, too. And, uh, yeah. 
Um, and know, Alex was a really, really big part in their lives because he totally was. Even though pa- Peter and uh, Peter Hammer, Peter's born in two thousand, and Alex was born in nineteen. Even though seven year difference yeah. in their age, Alex treated him like his best friend yeah. and included him in everything as he did with Gwen. And of course, they fought and just like kids yeah. do. But Alex was connected to his kids, and he was connected to us, and he remained connected always. And and uh, so. Um, it was hard for Gwen and Peter, very difficult. Yeah. And so we all had our journey to go on. And, and it was actually very fun. Um, we just <laughs> had steak and watched the Vikings game the other day. And it's something that we haven't been able to do because Gwen's been in Montana for yeah. five, almost five years. And so it was just a reminder and being connected and uh, going to see Peter's football games. Uh-huh. Some games. So life does move on. Um, and and uh, you don't have to leave him behind when it happens. You can mm-hmm. take them with you. You feel mm-hmm. them that they're there. Alex is here. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you uh, reference this a little bit, but your mm-hmm. um, um, when your faith is tested by a tragedy like this, uh, you've gone even deeper. I mean, I think you see a lot of couples that both turn away from each other as mm-hmm. uh, parents as couples, but also uh, people who turn away from themselves, mm-hmm. right, and mm-hmm. become very bitter and mm-hmm. try to find mm-hmm. fulfillment through drugs or mm-hmm. alcohol or something else right. that. Right. Um, and you've you've chosen very consciously to yeah to do something different yeah um, yeah what yeah talk why? a little bit more yeah well, well I don't know about no, that I mean however just, you want to talk about it I don't yeah. know why the what but right <laughs> well I, I don't know uh, well my dad was uh, so my dad both my parents died young you know so um my mom. I was 20 when my mom died when she was 48. Alex was 20 when mm-hmm. he died and Carol was 48. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just amazing thing. So, so that was that was hard. That was a lot. Of, so, so when I start looking back, my loss, the loss in my life, um, it, it does mold. Those things mold you. <clears throat> and although in my 20s I probably didn't respond as well to my mother's death, it was. Not easier, but it was better when my dad passed away. My mother, my mother was sudden, which was, I was angry at God for a while. And, uh, <clears throat> um, of course, now God didn't kill my mom. <laughs> that's, not how, that's not how this I works. That's not how this right? works. Yes, no, yes. but 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 it, but it's not how that works. Yeah. Not how it works. And and so, uh, but um, so my dad. So my dad had been an alcoholic and he had uh, been in recovery after I was born. And then had a relapse um, when I was around 10 or 11 or 10 or 11. And uh, so I remember my dad drinking. I remember my mom being very strong and going to Al-Anon and, and um, really working through my dad's drinking to get him sober again. And so, so I grew up watching my dad counsel people. And, uh, and uh, and so it, alcoholism and, and drinking and all that stuff um, for me was something I certainly experienced in college and I, I experienced part of my life. But at some point, um, I decided not to drink. I think if you keep asking yourself if you are one, an alcoholic, you might just be one. <laughs> but I always had in the back of my mind, you know, why, you know, my, wouldn't life be better if I just chose not to? And I did and I don't regret it. And it was 25 years ago. Um, so I think that helped with not going off some deep mm-hmm. end. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Carol's amazing. Yeah, you know my is. wife. Yeah, she is. She's an extraordinary human being. I scored. Yes, you did. <laughs> I married up. I was going to say, people marry up, but I don't know what's the... What's the like, you're, well, you're, you're a quality human being, Wade. You're an incredible human being, but somehow like you married up, 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 up. I don't know what she was thinking, but... <laughs> Whatever. I like to think of it as my Swedish charm. No, that's an oxymoron. If I've heard one. <laughs> so it would have to be, uh, because I'm not 100% Swedish, it would be, I think my uh, grandmother's Irish charm was just enough, I think. That's, I, what, I'm, that's I, what I'm hanging my I head. would say I would call you a Swedish extrovert, and that when we're talking, you don't look down mm-hmm. at your shoes, you look down at my shoes. <laughs> So, you know, that's extroversion. That's, that's extroversion in the, yeah. in the St. Croix Lutheran Riviera. That's right. right. Exactly. <laughs> that's where you are, by the way. Yes. yes. Actually, the uh, Jim Overstar, used, the congressman, used to call it the Swedish Lutheran Riviera. Yeah. Yeah. It was true. True. Uh-huh. There's, you, you know, it's, it, you can't have enough Lutheran churches in a, in a 10 square mile area. That's right. That's right. Uh-huh. So, some of them, like Lindstrom, have three. <laughs> Right, you know. I'm wondering if you're undercounting even. <laughs> but you, uh, um, um, this is actually the first time I think in mm-hmm. uh, our 30 minutes of chatting so far that you've even mentioned being Lutheran. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, you're you've mentioned God a few times. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but you're a pretty active member of the Evangelical Lutheran Church. Have what well, was very active in our church for all of our kids' lives, by and large. After Alex died, uh, we felt, both well, Carol and I felt called that God was taking us into the wilderness um, and, um, and had something more that we should be looking through in our hmm. faith life. Um, we did some home church um, with some young folks who'd been in my life. <clears throat> I'm really proud to say that uh, I mentored uh, four young guys who were all um, pastoring, not in Lutheran churches, but in different Denominations. Um, uh, I worked with Daniel Thorson um, as a mentor. Of course, his mm-hmm. dad was a pastor, but um, Daniel's a pastor now. And so, so we had. I only say that just because uh, Daniel and his brother and some young folks we just invited to our landing uh, regular that mm-hmm. summer uh, just to have home, home church. Hmm. Um, I was trying to figure out what what uh, Franciscan theology was all about, because that's what Father War was. And, uh, you know, there's plenty of, plenty of places in the Bible where you just went into the desert and search. Yeah. You went to, you went to, to look, and that's what we did and, and have done and, and um, still kind of continue to do. Um, Luther uh, did a great thing. Uh, but he, in the end of his life, he was still Catholic. Right. <laughs> the Protestant Revolution kind of took its own route, mm-hmm. and uh, not necessarily where he would have wanted to go. But um, but uh, it uh, it has its limitations. Being um, sola scriptura, just about the scripture, yeah, and uh, how you if not interpret uh, or not interpret the Bible, <laughs> has everything to do where God is, and God's not in a book. Mm-hmm. He's not words on a paper. Mm-hmm. God's uh, a sense and a feeling and so much bigger. We are ants walking on a supercomputer trying to understand the supercomputer. Mm-hmm. That's how teeny we are. And so 
so the God that I've discovered in <clears throat> really this this journey uh, is way big, huge. Um, it, in it, one period, so I'm going to lapse into a little of my Franciscan theology yes, stuff, yes, but um, I did not know that in a, a 350 year span, uh, known as the first axial period, all major religions came up, came to being in that same period of time. All the major religions that exist right now came into being. Um, it, it, Buddhism and Hinduism and all of those started to coalesce. Obviously, prior to that, they were tribal in nature mm -hmm. and, 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 and were at a certain level of consciousness, which is tribal, yeah. which is unfortunately a lot of where we are today again, right? But um, at some point, the consciousness level raised that there's something bigger out there. And uh, all the major religions got their start around that same period of time. So I, I think you're talking mm -hmm. about the same period when Abraham was called by God to go through the Fertile Crescent to go he to was the man. Israel, right? To yeah. what was now yes. the land of Israel, land yeah. of Canaan. Um, uh, so I've been in the habit of releasing the podcast on Monday mornings, mm -hmm. Mondays-ish. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And uh, when I re when uh, we roll this out, either the current Torah portion for mm -hmm. that week, because it goes through 52-week cycle of reading mm -hmm. the five books, or the one immediately prior. Where okay. As we record this, we're in the, the story of Noah and sure. the flood, which mm -hmm. is really a new beginning, because mm -hmm. pretty sheet, Genesis right. is, yeah. and then all of a sudden, yeah. ten yeah. generations yeah. later, we're going to start anew. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, there are then, only two humans that survive, right. our descendants of Noah, Noah yeah, and his yeah, wife, yeah, and, yeah. and their descendants. And then, then Noah got off the boat, got drunk, got crazy, and had sex with his... Exactly. Immediately right. sinned. Exactly. It's right. like, dude, right. you right. missed the whole point. Exactly. Poor, poor God. Um, and then, uh, um, and I have to actually put together this lay sermon for this weekend on exactly this. <laughs> What's the moral money lesson out of Noah? No. Um, but the very next chapter, we go from Genesis to Noah mm -hmm. to the parsha that's known as Lech Lecha, which translates to "Go, go out," which mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. um, the tribal mm -hmm. idolatry, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and God appearing to Noah, or sorry, to Abraham, saying, "Go on a journey. Go into the wilderness." And Noah literally just says, right. "You got it." Yep. So, Go on. so here's right. what we know. Here, here's that what we know time. cosmologically. Yeah. We know yeah. cosmologically that um, um, about ninety-eight percent of the universe is black and silent, right? Complete. Where do you think God is in words? In He's in the silence. So it's intentional that you go literally out and be in mm -hmm. silence to calm your monkey brain that's always thinking about stuff and be present so that God can enter in. That's the only way Father Lord calls his monkey brain. It's totally true. We don't live in the present because you're thinking about two minutes ago or a week ago and a month forward or two seconds forward. Right. We're rarely in the presence. And, and the only time that God can really communicate because he communicates in a different way than, <laughs> than, than the Bible would have us believe all the time. Um, he, commutes, he, he communicates in a way that um, we have to be present in the moment to be able to get. Otherwise, mm -hmm. we miss it. And so, and preferably silence. So that's, a, that's over and over again in, talked about in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Desert Fathers and Mothers, which is the early Christian church, um, choose, chose to be in the desert, to, mm -hmm. chose to be on the outside and the edges of, 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 of life for, for a reason. 
Um, and <clears throat> part of it was you could just get sucked into the milieu that, that yeah. uh, uh, and you could lose perspective a bit. And so, yeah. So interesting. Um, interesting. We had we had talked uh, a few minutes ago about the role of the mm-hmm. breathtaking in the winter. Mm. Right? Of yeah. not working, not having the restaurant business yeah. consume you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I imagine that that time off is actually part of the reason that you're able to bring, to, to maintain, I mean, you're, you're fried July, early yeah. August, you're fried. Like, yeah. imagine uh, listeners having yes. Wade be your campaign chair and needing his uh, attention yes. during, uh, right. at the most critical planning stages yes. of a campaign that's got to end at the end of October, early November. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. we would have you know. uh, yes. uh, um, uh, over over the root beer barrel, almost yes. literally, the root beer barrel. Right. Uh, um, kettle, yes. uh, right. some strategic planning conversations, yes. right? right? And right. you made me right. turn around as you were right. putting yep. the secret ingredients in, right. to, in case everyone wants don't to, look. you know, like, you know, kidnap me and wonder what the secret right. is to the drive through right. beer. I don't know. <laughs> I know it, there's it, a lot of it's sugar. It's not just 120 pounds. Exactly, of sugar. <laughs> yes. Of sugar. <laughs> it's yeah. not just that. Um, most things are healthy at your Oh, yeah. but that's, that's not healthy. It's, <laughs> that's, 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 really it's it's actually ends up being having no calories and no sugar when it's done. So it's really really good for you when it's done. <laughs> yes, yeah, the glass mug is calorie. When it's free. empty, it's yes. completely calorie free. Um, but you, uh, the there's the the mundane and the sacred are not separated. No, and I mean, how do you um, how do you square how do you bring yeah, that square? Because right. that suggests oh, a no, conflict. How do you bring your is, right? your values, your godliness, your sense of personal purpose, um, when you roll up in your in your minivan to the parking spot in front of the uh, yeah. uh, in, in front of the mini golf shed right. and start right. Uh, right. becoming the the camp counselor, right? Yeah, you know, um, it's the I've. I've said this a million times. It's really actually pretty easy for me because I don't think I ever grew up. I think in my heart, I'm still like 18. So uh, that's to say that when I get there, uh, I just, um, first of all, I'm usually thinking about who's on for staff and making a point to to set uh, set the day right and come in as, as much as I can with just a positive attitude. And uh, and and that it works because kids aren't jaded. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd much give, give me give me eighty five kids between the ages of fifteen and twenty three any day than yeah. a jaded adult. There's there's no hope. Yeah. They're too cynical. Everything's work. Right. <laughs> and so for these kids, of course, they aren't working forty hours a week. But uh, I so that's a formula that works. If that's what your question mm-hmm. was, just coming with the mindset that yeah, you can. That's why when I hear people gripe about kids these days, like my gosh, adults these days, <laughs> some right, of them right, are exactly. way worse than kids. Give me kids any day, and and the idea they don't work. Listen, what, and I can say this as a boomer: us boomers have to just get the heck out of the way for the millennials and the rest to let them run this world because we've mm-hmm. we've run this world long enough and. Uh, so, anyways, I, I enjoy working with young people. That's that. I don't go to work. Oh my God! There's, there's, there's going to be twenty nine staff on today, and they're all under the age of twenty one. Um, that just I get charged by that, mm-hmm. and so, 
um, <clears throat> I try to uh, encourage and, and uh, I, I look forward to that. I look, I, I haven't gotten sick of managing the, the kids um, at all. And so, did I answer your question? Yeah, of course. Okay. I, uh, um, I want to explore the other part of mm-hmm. the um, interaction that happens at a restaurant too, though, which is mm-hmm. the customer yeah. Yeah, yeah, handing yeah. over money. That and, part. Um, yeah. You've been um, very mm-hmm. thoughtful, but um, mm-hmm. um, but aggressive enough on pricing to stay mm-hmm. viable and Have to, to keep yeah. a, a living. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's also not, if you're just looking for a burger, it's not the cheapest burger in the world. No, it's um, not. Correct. And uh, Mostly because the, well, the bun comes from an actual bakery. So let's yeah. talk about your ingredients. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the, there's, and, only, there's only three scratch the bakers in western Wisconsin, and the Frederick Bakery is one of them, where you start from scratch, which is mm-hmm. a radical idea, flour, yeast, water, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Bob is, is really great at his craft, and um, was lucky to have discovered him. Um, oddly enough, my first baker's name was Bob. <laughs> <laughs> and he was a German named Kep, and he was a great guy, and he, he made really good buns for many years and, and ended up finding the other Bob. Um, but, yeah, so it's a, so they're not cheap buns mm-hmm. because they don't take a box and pour it and mix some water and, and mm-hmm. make it. They, the yeast has to be right, and the temperatures get hot in, in bakeries in, in the summer, and, and it's a craft. Yeah. And so you can taste the difference. Right, that you just taste the difference. Mm-hmm. The burger we made is our burger that we've we've developed, and it's uh, W.W. Johnson's company that's been in St. Paul since the 1930s or 40s, and all I've ever done is burger. And so mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a grind that we um, created, and so it's made to our specifications. Um, that's not cheap, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though we're selling thousands of pounds. You can't. You go to Holiday or wherever you were to go to buy, yeah. wherever meat you'd buy, short of a butcher shop. Um, and even sometimes in butcher shops, you don't know exactly what was exactly. used in yep. that, right? Yep. Right. And so, anyways, so those are the types of, of things that we focus on. We're also really, really working hard to develop. Um, we have relations with an organic uh, uh, milk producer here. We've, of course, been selling... Eichten's bison, which is grown here, so mm-hmm. so uh, those types of locally grown things uh, aren't aren't cheap inputs, and so your what you have to charge for something like that has to you know make you money above the inputs. But people don't shy away from that; it's what right. they want right now. Right. It's not hard, and so we don't buy cheap onion rings; we buy expensive ones. We don't buy cheap fries; we either make them at one of the stores or we buy them and we buy good ones. So, mm-hmm. anyways. That's the math. And you communicate that to your customer to some extent, We right? do. We do. In, it's everywhere. We uh, talk about the quality and we talk about what we're doing. And we don't really... Um, price certainly hasn't affected our bottom line ever. And mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, But it's always consideration. You have to... And, and the thing is the program... The, so we, we're, we, have a primary, we have a primary vendor. <clears throat> they have a whole program that has all their, their ingredients you know, in it, and so we can pull the pieces and come up, and the computer will tell you, this is how much you should charge for yeah. this item. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, and so it helps you figure out your food cost, yeah. really. So you can know where you want your food cost to be and then develop your price that way. And how much do you uh, interact with your customers in terms of you directly getting money in your hand? Very rarely, right? I don't. I'm in the kitchen. So we have a 25 by 25 
uh-huh. square foot building that does one point three million dollars in yeah. in really four months. Yeah, <clears throat> and so uh, everything that needs to happen to make everything run right is in the kitchen. Um, and that's where I need to be, and, and that's where I'd like to be. I go out and I talk to customers. I'll come out and say hi to people yeah. that I know, because they'll yeah. say, and and I enjoy I enjoy seeing people and talking. And I could, you know, me, I could do that all day. Exactly. Except I have a restaurant, I got to run. Right. So, and and being in the kitchen is important to me, and it's where the quality happens. I can see, touch, and feel what's going out, and so, um, and and it doesn't lend itself necessarily because it's 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 full serve, quick serve. We're, yeah. We're turnover cars relatively fast. Yeah, it's, right. it's, yeah. a, it's, it's just a hybrid thing. Yeah. It's an experience of car ops and full scripts and 50s music and sitting either in your car or out in the patio. Yeah. And, and so it's fun. I'd still love it. And yet it's so interesting yeah. that um, uh, you talked about being a camp counselor and a teacher. And one mm-hmm. of the things, I, do you explicitly talk to your staff about money and, the, and commerce and the exchange? Or is it more just modeling a... Um, a respectful values-driven workplace that, because um, you're trusting, that's you're what trusting I would those say. employees with a lot of you cash know, and a right? lot of transactions every day, right. and it's yes. not that, that that young people should no. be distrusted or anybody no. should be distrusted. No. It's just that there's this exchange of there's yeah. a lot of volume of paper going back and forth of bills here and there. Yeah, and, right? and the systems nowadays, um, you know, short of of constantly um, trying to void out product which we can right, track and right, find right there is no way the, the, at the end of the day they give away 470 dollars and they keep their 102 dollars or 80 dollars right, right, tip and that's clear right. and it's right on their closing sheet so that's not so much now with the technology that we have yeah which i think less about track it. I, I, but, I was being inartful but, in my in my question because well, it's less about the not trusting it's more of the um you know, I uh, grew up as a young boy in a, yeah. in a Main Street store yeah, and, right. and just being around right. money and commerce yeah, and seeing true. people pay for something and mm-hmm. what value are they getting mm-hmm. in that exchange mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. on one hand, you're paying them tips and an hourly wage. Mm-hmm. On another hand, they are the ambassadors, totally. the front, I mean, the, they're they the could, line. they're the people. You could have a they bad batch yeah. of employees and yeah. the entire business yeah. could. I think, I, I honestly think it comes around to, uh, it is who you hire, um, and it is though how you choose to teach them their craft. And you can either um, pay attention to the small details that are important for them to know, or you can focus so much on stupid details that don't matter mm-hmm. that they get it, they get um, they get disinterested or they get. So I think it's it's a it is a fine line. Uh, but um, encouragement always is better than, than you know, this is it's a whole idea, likewise, of um, uh, restorative justice versus retributive justice. That whole idea that, you know, every, if somebody, somebody does something wrong, you just don't break them over the coals every time mm-hmm. they do something wrong because that doesn't help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and certainly kids make mistakes and I call them kids even though they're young adults um, they make mistakes but um, as far as the servers though, I mean there's a there's a process they go they start out as a runner and they're runner for a couple of years and then mm-hmm. they train in to be a server so there's a whole process that we have yeah so um, I as far as money with them in the workspace um, I I don't I don't know what kind of influence I have on them um, in life but I think one of the things that they know is that 
um, they can trust me to be honest. Mm-hmm. And um, it's modeling yeah. behavior. That's what I do. I mean, that's a, probably a better word. Yeah. And so um, if they can trust me, I can trust them. And uh, a lot of people trust young people, but they can be way more trustworthy because they're not so jaded and salty. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, mm-hmm. often we'll do a podcast episode centered around it in some way. But you mm-hmm. know uh, that my wife and I have been deeply involved in Herzl Camp in yeah, right, Webster, yeah, Wisconsin, yeah, right. and yeah. and you know, there's a half dozen, a dozen adults, right? Um, you know, from I wanted to say kids like me because I still feel like I'm a kid, but although I realized, you know, I'm almost forty four, okay. which is about like you know, it's almost truly over the hill. Like, yeah, you know, eighty eight. What does that so make me? Race. Exactly, we're both sort of on that yeah. backslope. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, there's a half dozen to a dozen adults at any one time, right? And then there's a hundred and something, yeah. two hundred right. um, kids, yeah. seventeen to sixteen, yeah. seventeen to twenty three, yeah. twenty four. That yeah. run the place and care for four to five hundred kids right. at any one time, right. Right. and they do an amazing job yeah. because yeah. you set up a culture. Yes, you do of mutual accountability, yeah. of commitment to mission, yeah. and you get out of the way you and you allow for mistakes to be made in a comforting environment, in a yeah. safe environment, right? Yeah. That are not life or death mistakes, but like happen. yeah, right. Everybody makes mistakes. Yeah, and you, you know, know there's, that's that's so simple to say. But right, it is. Everybody and there's a zero mistakes. tolerance policy at camp, for instance, mm-hmm. around around drugs and alcohol yeah. for good reason. Right. right. Um, uh, and so you know, sometimes it's mm-hmm. consequences that you're like, well, you're on the uh, you're on the wrong side of that bright line. Right. And we have to respect that bright line. Right. But right. within that, you know what the bright line is. Yeah. Be good within it and yeah. 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 good. Right. <laughs> Can't believe I just said that. So right. I have a lot of uh, it's 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 a this podcast is a collective inquiry, right? And, yes. You know, I'm still yeah. trying to grow myself and be humble, right? Um, so we could talk for hours yeah. and hours and hours, right. Uh, right. Um, and you've been really generous with your time yeah. so far. Um, you asked when now, where I first. You had, one of the questions you asked. Well, I wanted so okay, in some ways you talked about it implicitly, but since you're uh, well, no, I just yeah, it, yeah, it was so, funny because I have these really vivid. So yeah, you so asked what, me specifically about money. Yeah, what's your, and what's my first memory? What do you of money? first remember of money? My yeah. grandfather um, buying me a pair of penny loafers and putting a penny in the loafer. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's the first my first thought of money at all as a kid. Was that and I, I, the thing of it is I was really little because yeah. we lived in North St. Paul, so I probably was like four. But I remember when he gave me that penny and how shiny my shoes looked. I was like, "Nice, interesting." interesting. <laughs> so that would be my first memory. Yeah, money. Huh. Well, you've talked yeah, a lot about the right. lessons you've gathered as well, but that right. that picture is yeah. as explicit yeah. a picture as anyone's right. ever answered. So right. Far. right. Yeah. Right. We did the. Same thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think any. I don't know if. Well, maybe some parents buy penny loafers for their kids right. still, and right. but it might be one of those things that is. Right. You can't put a penny in Crocs. No, you can't <laughs> put a penny in a Croc. Well, you could try to put a penny in. Yes, but it, it, those holes might they might fall through. It'd be easier just to like put it between laces of your tennis shoes. Yes. Because <laughs> nobody has laces anymore either. Right. So. Um, Two closing questions. Mm-hmm. First is, uh, how can listeners find you? Email, website, LinkedIn. Yeah. What's the easiest way to... Sure. To, to well... <laughs> I mean, we'll certainly post Good the question. private restaurant link. And, yeah, right? right. To get a hold of me? Yeah. That's, that's, it's hard. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> We certainly can just say, send an email to 
Jeremy at moralmoneypodcast.com and I will forward it to Wade. I, uh, I'm so, it's so, my, and I, I've been so late to come to embrace all of that stuff and it's, it's sad fact. I just, I mean, I don't have time, um, but that's just my excuse. Uh, but yeah, my email address, you certainly can. I don't think you've said flooded yet with, but. But it is WC Vitalis at frontiernet.net. Awesome. We'll, we'll include that. Yes. Because <laughs> it's actually Wade probably, does have email. He does have email and he does text. Yes. I do. Yes. It's all I can do. Yes. But I can't text. <laughs> I know I lost my buddy, my partner in arms, Peter, to McAllister. Yeah, exactly. Like, Peter, how do I do this? Dad, I've showed you a hundred times. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny having seven year olds now who are his person or more so. They're not coding yet. No, right. But they'll be they'll be starting to do code in a year or two. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Crazy. So my last question for you. Mm. What's in your wallet? What's in your wallet? What's in your wallet? (laughs) It's in my wallet. (laughs) Literally. Literally. There is in my wallet uh, way too many business cards. Um, it's my wallet's fat of others or of yours of others of others yeah even though I have I have a Rolodex mm-hmm. a literal, <laughs> a literal Rolodex. Rolodex we might, we and, might need to take I, a picture of the Rolodex so people know what it actually or means or my wallet just to see all the <laughs> so <laughs> cards we'll press we, we will uh, with your consent <laughs> we will uh, take a photo when we're done yeah, and throw it up on yeah, the show notes yeah yeah well Jim so a couple of things are in there there's pictures of my kids and picture of Carol and credit cards and money and and um, um, I think Jim uh, Jim Casterton. Anyways, long story short, good friend of mine uh, uh, um, gave me back something that I I had entrusted with him for a period of time was um, the uh, twelve steps of AA, mm-hmm. and it was uh, my dad's. And I'd given it to Jim. And Jim gave it back recently. So that's in my wallet. Interesting. That's a reminder of my dad. Yeah. Um, uh, and other than that, you know, some extra, some other photos that I'm just not kind of drawing a blank on. Um, but that's what's in my yeah. wallet. The, the things we carry with us in our wallets to yeah. say a lot about. Yeah. A lot about us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for being such an incredible friend. I appreciate you. I love you. I love you too. And I'm really, really glad that you spent time with us on the podcast. Yeah, of course. Well, folks, there you have it. Episode five of the Moral Money Podcast. You can learn more about the drive-in restaurant at taylorsfallsdrivein.com and check out a sweet little video called Going to the Lake about a visit to the drive-in to which I've linked on the show notes for this episode on moralmoneypodcast.com. Again, Please keep sharing the podcast and rate and review the Moral Money Podcast on iTunes. Have a great and prosperous week, and we'll catch you soon for the next episode of the Moral Money Podcast. Mm-hmm.